Welcome to Make and Decorate, a podcast for makers who love to sew, quilt, and decorate. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Make and Decorate podcast with Stephanie. I'm Stephanie, your host, and this is season four, episode 86. My guest today is Rhonda Pierce, a spokesperson for Schmetz Needles North America, and she is also the VP of Euro Notions. We talk about sewing needles, specifically Schmetz needles, one of my personal favorites for machine uh, sewing needles. And we also talk about some of the Grabit sewing tools. Euronotions acquired the Grabit company several years ago, and I have a lot of their nifty tools um, the magnetic pin cushions and the bobbin savers. So um, that's going to be a lot of fun to chat about later on in the show. If you want to get straight to this guest segment, you can fast forward about 15 to 20 minutes and start from there. In the meantime, I will start the chit chat segment. Um, I wanted to thank all of you who joined my Mighty Networks group, Make and Decorate Friends. Uh, a lot more of you are joining and I'm seeing some more pictures of uh, quilts and things that you are working on or have finished. It's really nice to see those and they're very inspirational to me and I'm sure others in the group. So keep on posting your projects and uh, join if you haven't joined. It's free. Mighty Networks. The link is always in the show notes. Uh, or you can just go to Mighty Networks and look up Make and Decorate Friends. Another way to support the podcast is to become a patron at, and my Patreon page is at patreon.com slash make and decorate. Or you can make a one-time donation on my podcast blog page. There's a button on the right-hand side of the screen, and you just click Donate the button, and it could be a one-time donation. And of course, the um, other way to support this podcast is simply by listening, and I appreciate everyone who listens. Thank you so much. In fact, I have a new review on Apple Podcasts this week. Uh, so let me see here. Yes, I'm going to read it for you. It's a little long, but you know what? I'm going to read it because this this really kind of brought some tears to my eyes, the, the, the kindest things that this reviewer said. Um, and she's titled it Unique Podcast for Makers. Uh, and I, the rest of it got cut off the, the uh, topic, but it's by K Karen KAS. I love quilting. I love sewing. I love creativity, especially to do with fabrics. I love gardening and I love learning things. This podcast is unique because Stephanie does a lot of research to add value to her warm and cozy podcast. She is the reason I bought my new sewing machine and will probably be the reason why I will buy a new serger with air threading. Because Besides, my old one is broken and can't be repaired, which is the best news ever. 
fair warning. She tells us about the newest and the best tools out there. She tells us about the beauty of the flowers that she grows and what she is embroidering and knitting. She chats with us as if she were our best friend. I actually feel that way about her, even though I have never met her in person. I have asked her questions on Instagram through direct messaging, and she always gets back to me. It is really, truly amazing to have her as a friend and as a resource. If you find value in beauty in more than one creative field, give her show a listen and make your own mind up. Enjoy. So that was a wonderful review. And thank you for taking the time to to write this. And it was very thoughtful. Um, and I just, um, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah, the air threading. So if any of you are thinking of uh, investing in a serger, make sure you get one that has whatever it's called. It's air threading, jet threading, extraordinaire, whatever they call it. It's where the thread gets pushed by a puff of air and it goes all the way through all of the hard to thread parts of the machine and it's fully automated. It is the best thing to invest in with a serger. There's another review. I can't remember if I read it or not. It's really short, but it was left uh, towards the end of January. And it says, I don't know if this is for grownups, <laughs> but I'm a kid. I listen and it's amazing. I made a reading nook while I listened and love it. And there's a, like, you know, 10 purple hearts after it. So uh, thank you very much. And I do think that kids could learn from this podcast if they like to learn things and make things because uh, this podcast is for makers. I also have a voicemail from Paula Barnett. So I will play that audio voicemail now, and it is a question, and then I will answer her question. My name is Paula, and I really enjoy listening to your podcast. I have a question I think you could help me with. My fabric choices for my quilting are always very bold and bright colors and patterns, and my quilts are happy and colorful. The decor in my home is much more sedate with neutrals and texture, really no pattern fabrics at all. I would love to make some things that we could use in our home. Some bed quilts, pillows, wall hangings, throws for the couch, things like that. How do I reconcile the two? so that my home stays serene and calm, but I'm able to enjoy some of my quilted items. All right. So this is a great question. And a lot of times our um, personal home decor uh, style is different than our quilting and making styles. So um, how do you kind of blend the two together to where it will still um, give you the best of both worlds, basically? There's a few ways that you can do this, and I'll just go through some of those because there is not one specific way. Uh, you can do, and, and, and this goes for everything. So even learning sewing, there's not only one way, um, you know, to thread a needle, I guess. <laughs> so one is saturated pops 
of limited and muted colors in your accents, whether you sew them or if they're decorative, like vases. Uh, these accent colors become your secondary and tertiary colors in your design palette. So basically, it just means that they are um, just accent colors. They're not the main saturated color of your palette, which in this case sounds like it is neutral, very soft, calming neutrals. It may be different shades of whites, um, soft whites and beiges. I, I'm not sure. She didn't specify what color um, the neutrals were because there's a lot of different kind of neutrals as well. Uh, but pillows and vases and trays, decorative trays, uh, uh, coffee table books, those sort of things, that's where you can add interest and you can um, just put little pops of color through those types of things uh, without getting crazy and without feeling like you are um, not in, in your serene environment that you created for yourself. Uh, so if your bright colors, because she said that she loves bright colors in her quilting. So I don't know what they are, but if let I just want to give an example. So if they are blue, let's say they're blue, red, and white. Choose quilting fabrics in maybe a slightly softer tone of these same colors. Basically, what I call it is if the color wheel is a dial, you're going to turn that dial in between those main uh, colors and they get softer, uh, but they're still kind of in that same color family. For instance, blues. You can move from a bright blue to let's say maybe more of a softer cornflower blue, Instead of a bright red, then you can do more like a raspberry red uh, and a soft white, not like a pure white, but a soft ecru ivory champagne, that color of a white with your with your um, quilting items that you make to go into your um, serene, neutral uh, interior decor. Uh, so French General has beautiful muted reds. They're really very nice. Uh, you could take a look at that. Uh, you can mix one color with some of the neutral colors. And uh, mattress ticking stripes are really good to use as well. They really give a very soft um, pattern. It's, it's very subtle, but there's still a little bit of color in that. And believe it or not, mixing things like that into your neutral decor uh, will really give it depth and um, a bit of color, just enough so that you can keep your serene environment. Uh, you can also choose um, a large pattern statement fabric in neutrals and add a flange to, let's say, a pillow in color. So you're really adding your color in small but impactful areas of the items that you want to sew for your home decor. And there are some quilting fabrics that have some neutral tone-on-tone -tone large 
statement patterns. So take a look at those. Well, you know, even uh, Kay Fassett, he has, he has, um, I don't know, I don't know the name of the collection, but they're kind of like soft grays, but they're the big patterns that you're used to seeing, but they're not in any of the bright colors. They're just in soft muted. He's got some pastels and he is black and white. So that sort of thing. So you can find those types of fabrics in quilting collections. Uh, and also, I always think too that if you're gonna put a quilt in a room, don't match it to your home decor. It doesn't necessarily have to. You can. I mean, that's, you know, another thing that you can do. But I also like to see a quilt where it's just colorful and it's a little bit of color. And let's say it is draped over the um, like a corner of the sofa and then you've got a pillow set, uh, you know, right on top of that. So it's it's a layering process. Uh, so you're layering that colorful quilt and on the sofa, which is another color and texture and then a pillow right on top of the quilt that's laying on the corner of the sofa, that is another layer. So layering is how you do it, really. That's kind of like the bottom line, <laughs> is, is just think about the layers. For pillows, you can do, like I said, a, a contrast flange in color or a quarter piping. And uh, you can, on the you can do the front side of the pillow in a different fabric as the back side. So maybe, you know, you know how that one <laughs> phrase goes, all business in the front and party in the back. Do that with your pillows. And then however you're feeling, turn it around. <laughs> and and that will get you um, some flexibility in how you're feeling. And if you want to dial up the uh, the colors in the room. Let's talk about the quilt for her bed that she asked about. So a quilt for your bed uh, in a neutral design color palette. I would say if you're using this quilt as a functional quilt pulled all the way up um, on the bed where you see the entire quilt, then you would probably want to use a good amount of your neutral colors and then take one or two colors from uh, the quilting side of the colors that you like and incorporate them in that way in smaller amounts and then you'll still keep it serene and it won't get too busy and bright and, um, you know, chaotic. So it won't, in other words, it won't fight with your design scheme. And um, also on the backing of the quilt, you could go one of two ways. You could go crazy with that side and put all of your bright and colorful colors on the backing. And, and or you can um, do your binding in a colorful uh, quilt fabric. You could do those uh, scrappy bindings with all of your nice favorite quilt colors. So there's a, a number of ways that you could do that. Um, but uh, there, here's an example too. This one K Fesset fabric, um, it's called Button Mosaic and in the white color scheme. 
uh, I think, yeah, it comes as a backing. So this has exactly what I was talking about as far as turning that dial. And it has um, mostly a neutral kind of a white um, overall color with a little bit of gray. But then there's two pops of color. One of them is that raspberry red I was talking about. So it's not a real strong, but it's turned a little bit on that color wheel dial, and it's a really pretty raspberry color. And then there are just a couple of the buttons on the pattern uh, that have like this buttery, warm yellow, just very small amounts of it. And if you take a look at that fabric, that's exactly what I'm talking about. So when you look at that fabric, you're not hit in the face with, Oh my gosh, so much color and chaos. I, you know, I'm not so, but you are, you, you really can see um, the splash of color in there and the pattern is still done in neutral and it looks really interesting and incorporated into a neutral color scheme. That fabric can look fabulous, like really good. So that is uh, one example. There's another one he does that I like too. It's called Millefiore in the lilac colorway. And it is the lilac that he uses in there has a lot of gray in it. So it really neutralizes the colors of that fabric. And um, they're more like you would kind of look at it and say it's pastel, but uh, they're really not even... They are, but again, when a touch of gray is added, it really calms it all down, and it really is a beautiful fabric. So you could take a look at that as well. Uh, and then you will add your color uh, in the shams, the pillow shams, and uh, maybe an accent pillow or two on the bed. Curtains and drapery is another way to pull in some of your color, uh, and again, you can just pull in a little bit. So a couple examples are, if you make draperies, keep them neutral and textured will add uh, some impact. Essex Linen has the wide width fabric on their um, general neutrals, like white. Ivory is really pretty and flax is my favorite. And you can add your color to decorative banding on the front edge of the drapery panels. You can also add some banding to the bottom edge, but only if you are going to see the bottom of the draperies. Otherwise, it's really not uh, worth the uh, time and effort to add that to it. But definitely you will see the um, inside, what we call the inside lead edge, but that's just um, a pair of draperies. It's right at the center where the two draperies meet, that edge, the edge on each side. You could make really a really cool... Um, like flying a flying geese edge treatment. Uh, you could do like a, uh, let's say a finished, a three, two and a half to three inch finished flying goose in a vertical, you know, sewn together vertically to kind of make like this ribbon. Uh, and you, you can, um, don't forget to add the seam allowance. <laughs> and then you can stitch it onto the drapery panel when you're making the drapery panel. 
how beautiful would that look? That would be so awesome. And you can either do those in your home decor colors or a blend where you mix some of those neutrals with uh, some color that you love. Uh, just a little pop of color and maybe it's a softer version of that color as well. So that's, that's a really uh, fun thing to think about. If you make a quilt specifically for, uh, you know, kind of like your home decoration, uh, I, I would say you could still keep them bright and colorful. And if you really want it to flow and blend with, with your decorating, um, keep mix a neutral background fabric. Again, I bring up the Essex linen. You know, I should really like get paid for saying Essex linen because <laughs> I say it so many times in every almost every episode. Um, but uh, Essex linen, the champagne color is really beautiful as well as the flax. Also, think about your decorative accents. You can frame a colorful quilt block centered in a linen mat board. So again, you are creating the overall surrounding color in a neutral, and then the center focal point of that frame is your quilt block. Uh, that would be absolutely beautiful as well. So I hope that this answers your question and uh, please uh, remember to leave me a voicemail if you have a question. I will certainly play it and answer your questions on a podcast and I or comments. Um, so keep them coming. It's really fun to get these. We are coming into May with cold and rainy weather. It's been cold and rainy for, for days and days now. Uh, and as much as I want to get outside and start warm month activities, I really still love a cozy thunderstorm weekend, which is what we had last weekend. And uh, I just feel like it's a reprieve from the week. And sometimes we need to just slow down for a minute because it's going to get really active very quickly in the next couple of weeks. I know for a lot of people, we're getting into graduation season um, wedding season for my family. We're getting into the birthday season from May and through July. It's like birthday after birthday after birthday after, oh my gosh, it goes on and on and on. So as soon as July like comes and goes, um, well now they added two, two, uh, a niece and a nephew into August. So August was always my one month of reprieve. It's like August, there is nothing, Nothing I have to do as far as birthdays, um, but now there's two more birthdays there. Anyway, I digress. I finished another Lucky Juju Cat doll, and uh, I actually I finished two. I started the last one. Uh, these are all gifts for my little nieces this year, birthday gifts. They're so cute, and I've said this many times, but they are really fun to make. Uh, okay. And, oh, I, I will tell you, though, this last one that I made, I think is my favorite. So I changed um, the uh, main fabric for the face and the hands and the feet to a really light, soft aqua in an Essex linen, <laughs> aqua Essex linen, and a neutral cream and light taupe lace type of fabric. In fact, I think it's called crochet. 
by uh, Allison Glass, crochet fabric. Hey, and that's another neutral fabric that has a pattern in it that you can use in your neutral decorating color scheme. Those would make really beautiful pillows, by the way. All right, let's listen to my conversation with Rhonda Pierce, the spokesperson for Schmetz Needles. I will say that we recorded this in mid-January, and I was still very sick, uh, and you can hear it in my voice. And I, I also have to say that Rhonda is an amazing and talented person, and I appreciate her so much and the time she took, and she really is the best because she just, I, I told her, I'm like, I'm going to mute myself when I cough, and you just keep going. <laughs> And that's what she did. She just kept the ball rolling. You know, she's used to the presenting and so forth. So uh, it probably was so easy for her to do. But uh, I, I tell you, it was a, it was a rough time. And I realized after recording that episode that I should probably reschedule the other recordings for a little bit later when I'm not coughing so much. Uh, but just to give you a background, that's when we recorded uh, the podcast. All right, here we go. My guest today is Rhonda Pierce, and she is a spokesperson for Smets Needles North America, and she is also the vice president of Euro Notions. Welcome to my show, Rhonda. Well, hi there, Stephanie. I'm delighted to be here today. <laughs> I'm really happy to have you. Well, I'm here in the Chicago area, and I'm nice and toasty warm in my own sewing room, so... <laughs> yep, I, we are in the same Chicago area. You're a little further west than me. I'm closer to the city, but it's still the same cold. And um, I'm in my home office too, so it's nice to be uh, cozy in your own in your own sewing space. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, and I, I want to tell the listeners that I met you a few months ago, like maybe back in September, I think, uh, at my local quilt shop. So I want to give them a shout out to Thimbles. And uh, it's a great, uh, great quilt shop. And uh, t the own one of the co-owners has been on my show before. And um, so that's where I met you. And it was so nice. Yeah. And well, symbols in Lockport. Yeah. And, and Jane do such a great job. And I love all their staff. So yeah, yeah I would say I'm a frequent visitor. Oh, maybe a frequent shopper there. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I love them. They're they're great. And I, I love the shop, too, because it's kind of like in this, um, you know, older, like Main Street-y type of a little town. And they've got all the old, you know, like there's a ladder, library ladder thingy back there and some woodwork and wood floors that creak. So I like that kind of stuff. <laughs> Yeah, the beautiful tin ceiling. So mm -hmm. that's a beautiful building. Yeah, yeah. So um, you're going to talk to us today about Smets Needles. Uh, but before that, um, let's see. I just want to talk a little bit about um, what you do, and you can do the same thing. But um, you specialize in developing educational presentations and marketing for Smets Needles, which is great. Um, I love it. I've seen um, some of your videos on YouTube, and uh, they're very educational, and it helps a lot with um, figuring out the needle system. Um, and then there, you also um, is this must be under a Euro Notions, the Grabit sewing tools, right? So okay. Euro Notions is a family-owned company, and uh, we import. 
uh, Smets home sewing machine needles. And then um, a few years ago, we bought the Grabbit Sewing Tool Company. Okay, got it. And we'll talk about that a little later, too. You also curate your own blog at SewMoreStitches.com. And uh, sewing and quilting are your hobbies. And on your blog, you say it's, quote, my way of life, quote, which (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) (laughs) So we can all relate. All right. So let's talk about Smets Needles. Um, What's your story with Smets? Because I think you've been with them for a while, right? Yeah. Um, so in 2006, I was hired by Euro Notions to come in and um, uh, market some Im- machine embroidery software. And it went really well. Um, the product was actually bought by another company. So yay. So what was I going to do next? Well, Euro Notions always had... Um, um, Uh, imported Smets needles for the home sewing market. And when I was traveling for this other software, everyone would come up to me and say, oh, and you know about needles. You know about sewing machine needles. (laughs) So I saw a real need for education on Smets home sewing machine needles. So uh, keeping that in mind, um, I was able to, I really had great opportunities. Smets many decades ago had a printed brochure called the ABC Pocket Guide, but um, it really needed to be updated for our North American marketplace. So I went in and removed a lot of the um, uh, German English (laughs) and made it more user-friendly for our consumer base. So now I think it's, wow, I think it's 40 pages. How many pages? Yeah, it's actually from cover to cover, it's now 40 pages. And um, I consider the Smets ABC Pocket Guide to be the meat and potatoes, the foundation to all uh, sewing machine needle education. So um, in 2012, I actually went over to Germany to visit the factory. And let me just tell you, that was thrilling um, to to visit with the um, uh, the Smets people and to visit the Smets campus. It's changed a lot over the years, and uh, but they were still doing production of needles um, in in Germany in Aachen County. And I went over with uh, my boss, the owner of Euro Notions. His name is Jerry Smith, and then um, with the CFO. Pete Jan. So the three of us went over. It was the month of June. So it was beautiful there. And what I didn't know, none of us knew, was that June is white asparagus season in Germany. (laughs) So with every meal, we had white asparagus. So that was kind of um, unexpected, an unexpected jewel. Um. So anyway, I got to see the production of some of the specialty needles that were made um, in Germany and to talk to the people. And one of the um, missions I had as marketing director um, at that time was to um, make needle selection and needle needle education easier for our sewing um, public. So I asked, um, I gave a whole... um, uh, marketing and educational presentation, and uh, they got I got really great comments from them. They said, "Keep up the good work. You're doing a great job." 
And then I asked for what our sewing public wants is color coding on our needles so that they can identify more easily the needle type and size. So the meeting went on and on and um, and we were wrapping things up. And, I, and I'm thinking to myself, I didn't go all this way to Germany to not get my question answered. Can we color code? Can you color code Smet's needles? And it was, they were quite, um, they were quite clear on their answer and they just said, no, we will not do that. Okay. From that, uh, wow, you know, that really stirred, that really ignited me. <laughs> So at that time, I was going to 20, 25 different um, events throughout um, the United States and Canada. So at all my in-person events, I would say, hey, um, how many of you would be interested in color-coded needles? And at that time, email was just becoming popular. And I said, well, send me an email. So every two to three weeks, I would batch all of these requests for color-coded needles. I would batch and send them off to um, Smets. So finally, in July of 2013, I got the email that I had hoped for that said, Dear Mrs. Pierce, please stop the emails. You're getting your color-coded needles. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> I love so it. So that started um, distribution of the color-coded, the two color-coded uh, needles started in January of 2014. So that's my big coup <laughs> with Smets needles. <laughs> color-coding is just, I mean, everybody can, re like, I think, pick it up because I, I, it, there's something with their visual and colors rather than numbers, numbers, numbers gets jumbled up in our heads, but we see a color we can identify, oh, that is, you know, yes. a, a size 9014. Um, so I like to say yeah. that um, color is a universal language. Yeah. It yeah. requires no words. So yes. you just need to be familiar with the chart um, and, you know, the different colors for the types and also for the sizes. So it does a magnifier is no longer needed to read the size. <laughs> I know. That's crazy. Um, I I remember using Smets needles because they're sold in the big box stores and um, the big wall of them. And when I first started sewing, I didn't even know like quality of needles or different types. But at least they always had, though, on the packages that this is like a ballpoint or whatever denim. Um, needle and they've been my favorite needle. I've tried other needles, but they've been really great. Yeah, there are other needle companies out there. And um, what I hear from consumers is, and I know you can buy other needle brands less that are less expensive, but really you just can't beat the quality that goes into um, the Smets needle. So there's a lot of loyal uh, loyalty and trustworthiness that's built between Smets and um, the, our consumer market. Yep. Yeah, that's great. And um, let's see. Uh, well, we might as well just talk about the needle itself. And you do a really good job because you have you have this giant um, like blown up uh, model of a needle <laughs> with the <laughs> eye. Uh, there it is. Yes. 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 That's this is it. 17 inch Smet Super Demo Needle. 
I, when I was going to shows, I was, um, my luggage was always inspected by TSA, <laughs> but, um, now I'm just traveling virtually with my, my needle. So, um, it is a good educational tool so that people can see, um, the different parts of the needle, because I think when, um, the consumer or the user actually understands the parts and the function of each part of the needle, it really informs your um, um, uh, needle decision, what needle type and size to use. So, um, yes, not all needles are alike. <laughs> they have different points, different tips, different scarves, um, different sizes, etc. So it's good to be aware of the, the parts and their functions. One of the things that I think is a common challenge with um uh, sewists and people is the thread uh, matching to the right needle size in the needle hole. Do you want to talk a little bit about sure. that? Well, I'll tell you what, what needle do you use with what thread or what thread do you use with what needle? <laughs> and then you throw in fabric. Yeah. So really, um, your needle selection, I like to think of it as a dance. It's a dance between your needle, your thread, your fabric, your technique, maybe you kind of push or pull your fabric as you sew. And then let's not forget that um, our sewing machines have personalities. So if you're working on, let's say you're working on the same um, identical project as your, your best sewing buddy, You've got the same fabric, the same thread, um, the same needle, but maybe you have a different um, sewing machine. Well, guess what? Machines like different kinds of needles. <laughs> so you're the dance leader, and sometimes you have to make adjustments. Sometimes it's to the needle. Sometimes it's to um, to the to the thread. But I do have a general rule of thumb as to what um, needle size to use with your different um, thread weights, and I call it the 80-40 rule. So 40 weight thread is probably the most popular thread weight. Uh, doesn't matter what the brand is, but the 40 weight thread um, is your everyday thread. We use it for sewing, for piecing, for quilting, etc. Lots of uses. With the 40 weight thread, I personally use a size 80 needle. Now, maybe for you, you might want to go down to a size 75, but I think that most everyone uses a size 80 needle with um, a size um, a 40 weight thread. So if you use that as a benchmark, a 40 weight thread with an 80-12 needle, now if you're working with a heavier weight thread, now you know to go up a needle size, at least a needle size, to a size 90-14, or if it's an even heavier thread, you know to go up to a size 100-16. Again, if you're using um, a 40 weight thread with a size 80-12 as your benchmark, and now you're going to be working with a finer weight thread, well, guess what? Then just go down a couple needle sizes, maybe to a size 70, 10. Or during the pandemic, what's really become popular are those really super fine micro threads. And with those fine threads, you need a fine needle. So maybe that's a 60 slash 8 or um, a 65 slash 9. So 
sometimes you just kind of have to experiment. But the 80-40 rule is a good foundation to um, to keep in mind the needle, um, needle size. That's a great rule. And I think the 80 is probably my most popular size needle that I use. Um, I, and I tend really only to use like either like the um, 75, 80 or 90. And then unless it's like a huge, you know, like you need the denim or whatever needle, the hundreds and the 116. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I mean, you use those larger needle sizes, um, you know, if you're working on canvas or vinyl or um, upholstery fabric, heavier weight fabrics. Yeah, yeah. Also. The other question I had, too, is um, you probably already answered in that you say that every machine is different, but um the needles work universally in high shank and low shank machines. Um, so it really doesn't make a difference. Uh, the bobbin still like hooks onto the thread um, close to the needle. Right. And it works the same way, right? So Smats needles um, work with all the different sewing machine brands. Doesn't matter what your brand is, but um, this Smets Home Sewing Machine needle works with all the different uh, needle manufacturers. So yay for that. <laughs> um, so yes, you're right. It doesn't matter if it's a low shank, high shank, or slat, uh, slant shank. Um, the needle will work with your machine. So on the back side of your needle... Um, above the eye, you might take a closer look at your little two-inch piece of steel because on the back side of your needle is a little indentation above the eye. And this is referred to as the scarf of the needle. And the scarf has a very important function. When the needle comes or when the needle passes through your fabric and your throat plate, the bobbin hook has to come up and catch that top thread in order to create the stitch. So the bobbin hook needs passing room. That's what this little scarf is all carved out about. So the bobbin hook can catch that top um, top thread. Yeah, that's great. It, 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 it's a, a nice um, visual and to help understand how the, the bobbin hook and the needle and the thread all kind of work together. Um, and I think that I didn't really, I've seen, you know, you see those pictures of the little thread stitches and then the little hook coming through. But I think it was when I saw you <laughs> with the needle and talking about how close the hook comes into t towards that scarf that it like clicked of that makes perfect sense. That makes sense on how that works now. I get it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, uh, for just for people who have long arms and stuff and sergers, they may might use different needles. So, right. Okay. Yeah. So I think one of the important things that people need to keep in mind is yes, Smets works with all the different sewing machine brands. Um, for our home sewing machines, ninety nine percent of all of our home sewing machines use. One needle system. That's needle system 13705H. What that means is 130/705 means that the needle has a flat shank for perfect positioning into our needle holder. Um, the H translates from the German word that means scarf. This little uh, indentation above the eye. So most of all of our home sewing machines require needle system 13705H. 
So that's really great news. But long arm machines uh, frequently use a different needle system. That's needle system ELX705 or ELX705CF. What that means is um, um, ELX705 is still a flat shank needle, but unlike our home sewing machine um, needle, there's not just one groove, but ELX705 has a second groove on the back side of the needle in order to create the stitch. Now, what I found is um, on some of the more modern, um, um, oh, um, on some of the more modern um, sergers or overlock machines, how do you know what needle system to use? You can just open up the cover and generally there's a little metal plate or a stamp or a sticky label and it'll tell you what needle system to use or, you know, read your owner's manual. <laughs> but in the real world, we know that some of these um, sergers and overlock machines can use a regular home sewing machine. So talk to your dealer, check out the owner's manual online. And um, if you try a regular home sewing machine needle, well, be gentle and hand crank the first couple stitches to see if it works. I know my machine absolutely says use ELX705CF, CF for chrome finish. Um, but I also know that I can use a regular home sewing machine needle. So if I'm working on a knit project, and let's say I'm, uh, I love to serge uh, my raw, raw edges, even on knit fabrics, um, I might use a jersey or a stretch needle. But if my stitching starts to look wonky or I don't like the way it looks, then, oh, I'll follow the directions. I'll use, I'll go back to what the machine recommends, ELX705. So keep that in mind. As far as long arm machines, yeah, long arm machines use a variety of different needle systems. Some can use our regular flat shank needle with the scarf, uh, 13705H, but many of the long arms require a different needle system. And examples would be 206X13 or a 134R or 135X17. So there's basically five different uh, needle systems that long arms use. But just to give you a little bit of trivia, Stephanie, um, there are over 7,000 different needle systems used uh, in machines. Now, most of those are for industrial or, or commercial uh, machines. But uh, so I feel very fortunate that for our home sewing machines, we use the flat shank needle with the scarf needle system 13705H. Um, and then long arm machines use basically four or five different systems and um, sergers, the ELX 705. So, yeah. I like that. It's, it's, it just like simplifies the whole process of, yes. you know, the needle thing. And, uh, um, and I think that if you have your needle kind of like situated in the knowledge, then the thread and the fabric um, issues start to dissipate. Uh, I mean, a little two-inch piece of steel can really make the difference in your 
joy of sewing or your agitation of sewing. I mean, such a simple, inexpensive little thing like the sewing machine needle really does make a difference. Yeah. And there's been a few times I can remember where, you know, you go through the whole thing, like something's not working right with your stitching and you go through the whole like rethread, bob and check this and that, and then it's still not. And all of a sudden I'm like, change the needle. And that's what it was. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, you just went through the clues to changing the needle. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So, um, and uh, so I want to talk about the the two color bands on the Smets needles um, and then talk about the finishes um, because there's a couple of finishes um, that uh, we could talk about. Yeah. Okay, so um, Smets Needles now has either one or two bands of color on their um, needles, and that, the two color bands uh, were instituted in 2014. So the top color band identifies your needle type, needle type. So um, for your viewers that are, for your listeners that are curious as to uh, what those colors are, they can go to smetsneedles.com under resources, and they can download that chart for free. So on the chart, you'll see the needle, a picture of a needle with two bands of color. On the left-hand side of that needle, you'll see the column is labeled needle type. And many of the different needle types have a specific um, color assigned. On the right-hand side of that color chart, the column is labeled Um, needle size and each needle size is assigned a color. So now when you look at your actual color bands on the needle, that top color band identifies the needle type and the lower color band identifies the needle size. So um, if my favorite go-to needle is a Microtex needle. So when I look at the chart, and I have a little little chart here, when you go to the chart and you look up Microtex, you look down the list and you'll find, oh, Microtex is purple. And for size 80, you look underneath the column and you find size 80 is um, orange. So Microtex size 8012 has top color band of purple and a lower color band of orange. So one more example would be uh, what kind of needle uh, type and size would you have if you have two bands of orange? Two bands of orange. Well, you find orange under needle type is a jersey needle. And again, um, orange it also is um, size 8012. Now, the other thing I need to point out on the Smets color chart is that under needle type, the very first needle that's listed is um, universal. And there's no color assigned. In fact, the color um, block is actually X'd out. So universal needles will have only one band of color. So that's to identify your needle size. So if you have a universal size um, 8012, you have a single, um, single band of orange. Or if your needle has, um, if your universal needle has a single band of blue, well, that's a size 90-14. So keep, keep that in mind. Before 2014, um, there were uh, a couple needle types that had um, just a single band of, of color to identify the needle type. So 
uh, jeans, quilting, um, microtex, stretch, and jersey. But it's 2014 when the two color bands were instituted. So, yeah, it makes a world of difference. It makes identifying unique so Got much it. easier. It sure does. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And um, the note about the universal. So, um, once I discovered this Microtex needle, it's my favorite too. And I was just using it all the time, except for, for on stretches, stretch fabrics, knits. But um, last year I heard someone on, um, I think it was the Threads podcast, but she mentioned that she likes using the universe, universal needle when sewing things like a linen fabric because it's a little bit in between a ball point and the sharp and it won't fray that fabric it'll kind of push between the fibers which I thought was really interesting so then I ran out and got some universal because I love sewing with linen fabric so (laughs) (laughs) well universal uh, the universal needle has a slightly rounded point and the universal needle just as it suggests uh, really has universal uses and The universal needle is the most popular needle types. It works with all your knits and all of your woven fabrics. Um, Universal size 8012 is the most popular uh, needle type and size. That's what our sales reports uh, reflect. Um, Universal size 9014, so that's a little bit bigger, is the second most popular needle type and and size. So everyone who sews should have those two needles um, in in their stash. So as you were mentioning linen, I thought, oh, let me just look. I've got my handy Smets ABC pocket guide. And let me just see what it says um, for linen, what needle to use for linen. <laughs> and yes, it does say universal, anywhere from 7010 to a 9014. Oh, so this is the Little Smets ABC Pocket Guide. When you go to your local sewing machine dealer or quilt or fabric stores, buy your Smets needles and ask if they've got that uh, ABC pocket guide. Tell them that you listen to Stephanie's <laughs> podcast, uh, podcast <laughs> and uh, they might have it for free. Otherwise, yeah. you can download this for free. Um, go to SmetsNeedles.com again under resources and you can download it as a PDF. It's not as cute as this little uh, three by five inch, but um, it is available for free. And the other thing I'll mention about the ABC Pocket Guide is that it's the foundation to our free Smets app. So you can go to Google Play or to the iStore and just type in Smets, S-C-H-M-E-T-Z, and it'll pop right up. Now, the app we've had probably for five or six years, and you know, technology's been changing so much. that um, our app is looking a little bit tired these days, but actually we'll be updating it this year. In fact, last week we just uh, interviewed um, a developer, so that should be uh, happening, hopefully, uh, well, maybe at the time that this uh, actually broadcasts. The great thing is that needles don't really change that much, so uh, the information is still valid. Yeah, and my quilt shop thimbles gave me. Um, I, I, it was at a class that I went to, so um, in machine embroidery, and so part of our little packets were that little booklet, and I got the little. Um, it looks like a um, a travel tag. Oh, the luggage. <laughs> tag. Yeah, the luggage tag. It is a luggage tag, uh, with 
and the Smets color chart is printed on the tag. So you can put this on your sewing machine or you can hang it on your bulletin board. <laughs> and okay. when I was traveling, I had I used the luggage tag on my luggage. <laughs> well, that's funny. So it is a luggage tag. <laughs> it truly is. It's <laughs> helpful though. I have it hanging on. I have like, a, you know, those, those wooden peg thread things yep. and I have oh. it hanging on a peg like close to my sewing machine over there so I can just reach for it and look um look to see what you know I'm looking for <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> there's one other thing um that um I saw um that was interesting is it's called my pad and oh, okay. it's developed for Smets needles yes yes so um I think a lot of people are familiar with the original Grabbit product, and that's the Grabbit magnetic pin cushion. Yes, I have two so, of those. <laughs> what color are your Grabbit? Red. Red, okay. Mm -hmm. Red was one of the original colors. Yay! <laughs> I have a yellow one here. I call it my limoncello yellow because I love limoncello. Oh, me too. So um, I love the Grabbit magnetic pin cushion so much, along with the Grabbit um, bobbin saver, that little donut-shaped uh, bobbin saver. I've got and three of those. Oh, excellent. <laughs> One for each I machine that I for their bobbins. I love it. What, what color are they? Um, I have a red, purple, and blue. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. Yes. Well, so um, magnetic pin cushion, the bobbin saver. So I went back to the office. I said, look, we got to buy the Gravit uh, sewing tool company. So we did. And I think that was probably uh, at least six years ago. Well, one of the products that they had, which didn't get a lot of coverage, but I thought, ha ha, with our Smets needles, it's a, it's a great partnership, and it's called the Grabit My Pad, and I'll just show you first mine right here in the, um, with a little hang card. You're going to find this at your sewing machine dealer or independent quilt or fabric store, and what it is is um, an extra thick piece of felt. And then with all the different types of sewing machine needles. So this is the original one. I've been working on my slightly used needles, uh, keeping them organized. But let me just show you the updated version. So here's the updated version. And um, now it's been updated as of um, last year. And all of the Smets needles are included and all of the needle sizes are included. So we have universal needles. Well, we know universal has only one band of color for um, the needle size. So we just left this white here. And then universal, we have size 60 slash 8 all the way up to size 120. So now you can organize all your Smets needles um, easily in this um, little my pad. It so we've got jeans in blue, embroidery has the red um, block color block, orange for jersey, etc. Also on the my pad is a little flower head pin and you might be thinking, "Well, what's that about?" The flower head pin is helpful if you have some old Smets needles that do not have the color coding. Maybe you inherited some needles from grandma or an aunt or whomever, and those needles are probably still sewing worthy. But once you take them out of the package, you just 
don't always remember what they are. So now you can use the flower head pin to identify the needle currently that's in your machine. So the Gravit MyPad's a great needle organizer of your slightly used needles. So I've been, uh, personally, I've been um, sewing recklessly <laughs> the last few weeks, um, using up um, odds and ends of uh, thread and um, my slightly used needles. So my, um, my stash is getting a little lean as far as slightly used needles, but a great way to organize. Yeah, it's a great idea. And um, I, um, when, when I have needles that I've taken out to, if I'm sewing a different type of fabric, but the needle's still good, it still has some hours left into it. I, I put it into like this little, you know, um, the standing thread things, and there's that little round foam thing on there, and I stick it in there. Okay, yeah. <laughs> And yeah. then, but, you know, it's, it's much easier if you have that because you're going to put it right where you can easily see, oh, this is a Microtech, you know, right. Right. Um, 80, 12, what is it? 80, 12? Yeah. 12, yeah. 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 In fact, I just keep mine right here, um, leaning against my lap. It's all my lamp. Yeah. It's always accessible. Uh -huh. And I, I can see. So I always try to use up my slightly used needles before I use a. Yes, yes. That's fantastic. <laughs> I love it. Good little tool. Okay. And um, uh, just one more question on the, the needles is um, you have a, I think I heard you say that um, Smets is now making all of their needles standard with the chrome finish. Is that correct? Yes. So um, Smet's needles um, had a, a nickel finish and worked beautifully. In 2017, we introduced um, a high-performance needle called Smet's Chrome. So Chrome resists heat and wear. And the chrome needles became so popular that um, it was decided to transition all of the needles from nickel to the chrome finish. So that uh, transition took place last year. So if you've bought uh, Smets needles, let's say in the last six months, maybe even a little bit earlier than that from your local dealer, you've probably, you're probably already sewing on, on chrome uh, or with a chrome needle. Again, um, machines, the chrome was introduced because of its high performance characteristics, resisting heat and wear. And our machines are sewing faster than ever before. <laughs> so it used to be that machines would sew, you know, 500 600 stitches per minute and now how fast are they going 1200 1, <laughs> even more yeah so whether um so if you have an older machine and you're thinking well my machine doesn't really sew that fast don't worry about it because the chrome finish still works in your vintage or older older machines you um, most likely won't even be able to tell the difference yeah, but I could see how that could be useful for like machine embroidery. Yes, because uh, the needle like really speeds along in those. <laughs> it gets hot. It gets yeah. hot. And you know the thread really takes a beating when it's going back and forth in the eye of the needle, and um, yeah. 
That's great. I, it was really interesting to hear that. Uh, we'll talk about one more thing before we conclude, and that is you curate your own personal blog, and it's called Sew More Stitches. Um, so talk about some of your recent I've, – I've seen some of your posts, and you have some recent finishes and um, projects. Well, gosh, I think I've been blogging for six years or so. I started blogging because I meet the most amazing people when I – I was meeting the most amazing people when I was traveling. I was going to 20, 30 events um, every year in the United States or into Canada, and I I like to document who I meet and what they're, um, what they're making and document their sewing stories. Plus, um, my husband at that time had um, health issues, and I – I would come back all excited about the people I would meet, and then I would show him pictures. And so I decided, let me just put that in a blog so he can see as I'm traveling along and all the wonderful people that I'm meeting. So that's why I started it, so that my husband could share my excitement. And then people just started uh, reading it and, and watching. So that that was a lot of fun. I only blog about three times a week. And um, gosh, I'm not traveling now. So um, I, I'm not meeting people in person generally. But I still am sewing. I document what I sew. Um, if you're interested, the um, well, I finished some great projects in 20, uh 2020 and 2021 you can um, go to the blog and just search 2020 sewing 2021 sewing so um my first uh pandemic uh project that i finished was um a project that had been sitting around for 17 years (laughs) one year i had made 15 um christmas quilts for family and friends and i kept all the scraps and i then i thought well I use Thangles. That's a certain product where you make um, easy triangles and uniform, uniformly. So I had 1,000, over 1,000 one-inch half-square triangles already stitched up in individual units and setting in a bowl. Well, 17 years later, I woke up during the pandemic and I said, today's the day. And so I finished that project in uh, three days. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I finished a 22-year-old a project in the pandemic. It wasn't sewing. It was a crochet afghan. Oh, my God. That was a gift from my mother. Yes. Okay. 22 years. But yes. You know, yes. Time to do it. And you know what? I thought she would have forgotten about it because when I first, <laughs> I I gifted it to her unfinished. <laughs> It said, I'll just finish it and bring it back to you in a week. It's <laughs> 22 years later. Oh, my gosh. She opened it. The facial expression was, like, priceless. She was oh, like, wonderful. I was like, you remember that? Oh, my gosh. And everybody was laughing at me. They were just making fun of me. Was, cause, oh, but, but I can't tell you how good it felt to get that done and actually give it to her because I felt really bad. <laughs> I never did that. Well, you can cross that off your teeth. Yeah. That little... Yeah. That little old burden (laughs) in your mind. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) But I love that you um, decided to to document your travels and the people you meet and the projects, and then your husband can see it while you're traveling. That was really nice. Yes, yes, that's what it was all about. And Mm -hmm. then 
family and friends started uh, reading it too. My husband actually died two years ago, so he's viewing it, but that didn't stop me. No, I was so fortunate to have 25 wonderful years with my husband. Um, So no, no, I was very fortunate, but he was fortunate too. Oh, of course. (laughs) 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 Wonderful. So yeah, take a, um, listeners take a look at her blog and, um, I like, I like, um, visiting blogs because you get some good ideas and even, um, if you end up being in sort of like a rut, um, it can really like refresh your view on projects and get you excited to try something. Yeah, I have to tell you that um, I consider myself to be fairly skillful in my sewing. I love intersections that match, points that are pointy. You know, I do take pride in workmanship. But uh, uh, in December, I took... um, I had 12 consecutive days off from work. You know, it's use it or lose it. And I'm Mm. not losing it. No. I considered myself cocooning. And I didn't worry about the food I was eating. If I overate, fine. I didn't care. I kind of slept in a little bit. And I just sewed. I sewed, sewed, sewed. In fact, I was sewing recklessly. (laughs) I took a bunch of scraps from mostly garments that I had made. And I... Uh, cut up strips and I embellished my tired looking bath towels. And I have to tell you, there was a lot of freedom and fun (laughs) just sewing fast and not worrying if I skipped a stitch, just let it go. And so I think overall I did eight different sets. And um, so it was fun. I got that out of my system and now I'm ready to um, do more skillful sewing again. I saw that post and your towels look so, it elevates the look of them so much, you know? Yeah. And it's a quick sew project. I I tell you, I think we all need those little quick sew and quick finishes, especially when you involve yourself in a really long term, whether it's like a a, a quilt or uh, even clothing can be a long-term project if there's a lot of hand stitching or embellishments involved. And you make clothing. I've seen a beautiful tunic um, on there? Yes, yes. Yeah. In October, um, I was in Beaver Dam, Wisconsin, where Nancy Zeman Productions opened up a new sewing studio. So I went in to talk about smats, and um, they had some classes and of uh, beautiful fabrics, and a lot of the Nancy Zeman fans were there and former uh, um Nancy's Notions employees. It was a grand weekend. And uh, so Deanna Springer, who's their VP, said, Rhonda, let me give you this pattern and uh, a tunic. It's a McCall's tunic with kind of a squishy neckline. Um, She gave me the elastic cording. And I thought, oh, that's what I'm going to do. So yeah, it was a lot of fun. And it was a... um, it was a knit waffle weave uh, fabric. It was kind of lightweight. So I actually used a Pellon product to fuse to the back of the each piece, except for the sleeves. I didn't do the sleeves because I thought the fabric needed a little bit more um, stability. 
um, I'd had the fabric for quite some time, but it was time to sew it and it turned out really super cute. So yeah, it's really pretty. I still need uh-huh. to get a picture of me wearing it. Um, so maybe later in the week I'll get that picture, but oh, it good. is documented on my, yep. my blog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very nice. Do you have anything you want to promote or talk about as far as events? Well, um, last year I'm excited because, um, Gosh, even though I wasn't traveling in person, I was traveling all over North America virtually. So last year, I gave 97 Smets virtual classes for stores, guilds, a couple museums, uh, retreats, um, etc. So if anyone's interested in a uh, Smets virtual class, they need to get in touch with me. I'm Stephanie will probably have my email somewhere along the way. Just send me an email and we'll get something scheduled. So this year I have um, 30 30 plus um, scheduled. So I'm off to a good start. Um, our website is smetsneedles.com, um, and there's a lot of free educational materials there, especially if, if you click resources, you can download the ABC Pocket Guide, you can download the, um, the Smets Color Chart. Plus, there's a lot of information about points and tips. We're updating our website uh probably about the time that this podcast goes live. So it might look a little bit different than it does um, today when we're, we're taping this. But um, yeah, you know, uh, when I talk about needles, I'm not just trying to sell you needles, but I really want people to understand um, the importance of that little two-inch piece of steel. I consider it the hardest working two-inch piece of steel in the needle, in the machine. I mean, the needle is in contact with your thread and your um, your fabric. It's working hard with your machine. You might kind of push or pull your um, your so uh, your fabric as you're sewing, and all of that is taxing on on your needle. So I'm not trying to just sell you needles, but I want you to be aware. Um, of what the needle's about and hopefully elevate your respect for that needle while giving you more confidence in your needle selection. So it's always a joy when I give my classes and I see those smiles and I I see <laughs> that information clicks with them. Um, and because I realize that needles aren't sexy they're not romantic and they're not glamorous but hello you can't use your sewing machine without a smets needle (laughs) yeah absolutely and i think um uh that when when people or i speak from my own experience like when you get that aha moment with the needle and that confidence um sewing just becomes that much more pleasurable and fun and yeah i love it Yeah, when I was giving um, in-person classes, you know, I would talk about clues to change the needle. And then the guilty giggles was always revealing. (laughs) I loved it. (laughs) The other thing I'll just say, Stephanie, is that um, Smets Needles is on Facebook. And right now on the first Wednesday of every month, I do give um, a Facebook Live I answer lots of questions and I talk about projects and people from all over the world show up and we have a grand time. It's about 
30, maybe 45 minutes. So uh, lots of information is communicated there. Um, also sign up for the Smets Needles newsletter. Uh, if you go to smetsneedles.com after 20 or 30 seconds, there's one of those irritating pop-ups that <laughs> will say, hey, sign up for the newsletter. The reason why I want you to sign up for the newsletter, it, it does come out monthly, but every once in a while, I have a special just for our subscribers. And this past year, I had three specials, and the last special was out of this world, where we offered a nine and a half inch uh, tin, a specialty tin, and on the lid were, um, were different Smets needle points and tips. And we thought we had enough inventory for three days, and we sold out in 45 minutes. So when that took place, I got in touch with the manufacturer and say, hey, help me out here. We need more. And the reply was, Hello, you know, there's supply and de demand <laughs> issues right now. Right? <laughs> no, but they said, well, we have 500 units. We'll go ahead. We'll sell those to you. We'll print up the lids for you. And so we thought, okay, we'll, we'll sell those in three days. <laughs> <laughs> we sold them out in a day. So um, there are no more, but I'm hoping to do something more like that this, this That's year. fantastic. Oh, yeah. thanks for mentioning that. I'll definitely put that in the show notes. And um, if I got to check and make sure I'm on that newsletter, I must not be because I didn't see that at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people had to act fast. Oh, it was crazy. It was crazy fun. And so, wow. you know, as I mentioned before, we have wonderful customers. My sewing public is delightful. And so I try to uh, do fun things and thoughtful things for everybody. Oh, that's fun. That's really fantastic. Well, thank you so much for coming on to my show. I'm really just honored and pleased that you came on and um, that I met you in person. Well, <laughs> that was serendipitous. It was. It really was. Yes, I hope that we can meet up again, um, maybe in warmer weather. Yes, yes. But you know what? Even though we have Arctic weather right now, it's great sewing weather. It sure <laughs> is. Oh my gosh, I love it. <laughs> All right. Well, take care. And until I chat with you again, um, happy sewing. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. So smart. <laughs> If you would like a bonus episode every month, become a patron and support the Make and Decorate podcast show at my Patreon page, Make and Decorate. For extended show notes with links and photos to what we've talked about, visit my podcast blog at makeanddecorate.com. And remember to take some time for yourself to be creative. Bye-bye.